Ephesians, the fourth chapter. We'll look at verse 26, verse 27 this morning. And talk on this thought, dealing with anger. Dealing with anger. I, I, I joked with them Wednesday night and, and told them that I was going to be talking on anger and said, if you know any angry people, invite them to church Sunday morning. Um, don't see any new faces today, so maybe you're the angry people I got to talk to today. Just messing with you, but the truth is we all struggle with outbursts and anger and losing our temper. The preacher struggles with losing his cool sometimes. Uh, I, I normally have a long fuse, but uh, when it comes to dealing with family sometimes, they know how to push the right buttons. And uh, your long fuse turns into a short fuse and uh, we can lose our cool. Amen. So this morning we're going to talk about dealing with our anger, trying to get our anger under control. So look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, verse 27. Paul says, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. Be angry and do not sin. Now he says it almost as a command, doesn't he? Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence, what we felt today. We are thankful for your son, his sacrifice, his death, burial, and resurrection. And we are thankful that he is everything that we need. And today we're thankful for your word. And we ask God that you speak to us today. And I ask God that you help me. Lord, I'm just a clay vessel. Lord, I am just a man. Uh, uh, just a mere man and God I need your help today so I ask God that you give me clarity of thought clarity of speech I ask God that you'd open the ears of the people to hear open their hearts to receive and God I pray that in this place today you'll be glorified and magnified and I pray God that I'll say everything that you need me to say nothing more nothing less and so God work in this place today and have your, 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 your will be done and God will give you praise for all that you do in Christ's name we pray Amen and Amen Dealing with anger. Anger has affected all of us in one way or another. We've all been touched by anger. We've all been hurt by the angry words and angry actions of other people. But the reality is we've all hurt others along the way in life. We've all said angry things and probably done some angry things to other people as we've journeyed through life. You see, anger, it is a powerful emotion. And how we deal with anger, it's going to impact our relationships and it's going to impact our attitude toward life and it's even going to affect our witness before a watching world. And so we've got to learn how to deal with anger. If you go to the book of Proverbs, you'll find out that the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about anger. Listen to these verses. Proverbs twelve sixteen says, A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. A fool is quick-tempered. That means when we blow our top and we lose control of our temper, it says that we are being foolish, but being wise means you learn how to stay calm. 
Proverbs 12, 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Let me ask you, do you want to cut someone down or do you want to be a person who brings healing? Proverbs 19, 19, A hot-tempered person must pay the penalty. Rescue them and you will have to do it again. Proverbs 22, 24, says, Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go. He says, don't even be a friend with an angry person. Don't even associate with a person who can't control their temper. You move into the New Testament and it tells us to get rid of anger. And we should put anger off. In fact, here in Ephesians chapter 4, if you go down to Verse 31, if you just want to write that reference down, Paul says here, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. And there are other places in the New Testament that tells us to just get rid of anger, to put it out of our lives and to not even associate with anger. The New Testament also tells us that true love is not easily angered, that love is not easily irritated. James would tell us to be slow to anger. But yet in our text that we read here in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, Paul says, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So we've got the New Testament in other places saying, get rid of your anger and be slow to anger. But Paul says, be angry and do not sin. He's quoting from Psalm chapter 4, verse and you'll notice that he doesn't say we should never get angry you see anger has its proper place that anger in and of itself it's not bad that there is a justified anger there is a right kind of anger there is a good anger there is an anger that does not lead to sin we would call this a righteous anger a righteous indignation you see there are times that we should get angry a righteous anger. It reminds me of a little illustration, a little story that I heard. There were two children and one of the little boys asked the other boy, what is a righteous anger? What is righteous indignation? And the other child responded, I believe it's when you get really mad you don't cuss. Listen, that's not righteous anger. In fact, Mark Twain, I believe he said, he says when, when angry... Count to ten. When really anger cuss. Listen, that's not how you handle anger. But there are times when we should be angered. But there is an anger according to what Paul tells us in Ephesians that leads to sin. So I want us to notice four things that Paul tells us about anger. So point number one is this. Anger can be good. Anger can be good. You see, anger alerts us to a problem that needs to be addressed. And again, there are times we should be angry. It's a righteous anger, a justified anger. If you go to the Old Testament, you'll find that Moses, he got angry with the, when he came down off the mountaintop with the Ten Commandments and he saw the people worshiping the golden calf. He had a righteous anger. They were worshiping this golden calf and he threw down the tablets of stone and broke them. That was a righteous anger that they were worshiping a God that was not real. He had a righteous 
anger. Many times the prophets of the Old Testament, they had a righteous anger when they saw the stubbornness of God's people and would not listen to the commandments of God. You'll find out that Jesus got angry when it came to the Pharisees and their religion and their hypocrisy. He got anger. He had a zeal for the house of God. And when he saw them mistreating people and mistreating the house of God, when they turned it into a house of merchandise, he got angered. In fact, he made a whip and he ran them out of the house of God. He turned over the tables in the temple and he ran them out. Why? Because he had a righteous anger. Anger can be good. Let me share with you some things that should make us angry as the people of God. Abortion in this country should make us angry. When people kill innocent unborn babies, that should anger us and stir something on the inside of us. When you look around at society and the family is being undermined and destroyed because of this LGBTQ society wanting to promote their agenda and the family is being destroyed, that should stir a righteous anger on the inside of us. When you have poor people and the weak and the less fortunate being mistreated in society, that should stir an anger on the inside of us. When you see injustice taking place, that should stir an anger on the inside of us. When people are attacking the Word of God and the faith, that should anger us. Listen, we should be angry at anything that destroys other people or offends the character of God. We should have a righteous indignation toward that. We should be angry at sin. We should be angry at wrong behavior and even those who encourage wrong behavior. Now listen, this doesn't mean we hate people. But when people want to promote wrong behavior and encourage their lifestyle and try to force it down our throat, it should stir an anger on the inside of us. Let me just say it this way. When people want to call wrong right and evil good, it should anger us. Right? Again, Jesus got angry when other people were victimized. When people trampled on the law of God, He got angry. You see, He got angry in defense of the truth. But let me say this. He didn't get angry when people personally attacked Him. When people came against Him personally, He didn't get angry. He had a righteous anger but it wasn't against people who attacked him personally. It was against people who were attacking other people, against people who had a false religion, against people who were hypocritical, or people who attacked the law and attacked truth. That's what made him upset. But he never got upset against people attacking him. He always had a righteous anger. But here's the thing. He never sinned in his anger. Even when he flipped over the tables in the temple and ran people out the temple, he never sinned. He never retaliated. He never sought to get even. He never sought vengeance. You see, the anger that is good, the anger that we are to have is an anger that abhors justice, in, uh, immorality, and ungodliness. But we have to be careful that even our righteous anger doesn't become sinful. Because righteous anger can become sinful. It can turn bad. Which leads me to point two. Anger can be bad. You see, anger that starts out good can go wrong. 
Amen. He said, be angry and do not sin. You see, anger is a powerful emotion. As I've already said, but anger can easily turn sinful. You see, you can start out having a righteous indignation, but if it leads to vengeance, it becomes wrong. There, there, there's a church, and I forget the name of it. I want to say maybe Westboro Baptist Church. I'm not exactly sure where they're located, but they'll, they'll picket homosexual rallies. And I mean, they get nasty. I mean, and they don't just call them homosexuals, they call them queers. And listen, this is not me saying this as far as using this word, but they'll call them faggots. Listen, I, I would never use that word to, to refer to somebody of that lifestyle, but they'll use that word and they'll call for their death that they need to be done away with. How can you call yourself a church and call yourself a Christian and call for the death of other people? Listen, I know their lifestyle is wrong, but you don't call for the death of another human being. But there are preachers who are part of a certain movement. Not all of them is that bad, but there are preachers that are part of a certain movement. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and tell you the movement. A lot of independent fundamental Baptists will call for the death of homosexuals, saying that they need to be shot, they need to be dealt with. Call them sodomites and say they just need to be lined up and dealt with. How can you call yourself a church or a Christian and call for people just to be dealt with? Listen, hate the sin, but don't hate the people. Amen? That's a, that, that's, that's a righteous anger that has gone wrong. Right? That, that's a good anger that has gone wrong when you start trying to say we need to get rid of a group of people because of their lifestyle. They are people that Jesus shed His blood for and that Jesus can save. But let's get rid of them. I mean, when I read the Word of God, Jesus hung out with that kind of people. Harlots, prostitutes, tax collectors. They even accused him of being a drunkard and a glutton. So anger that is good can turn bad when it seeks to be vengeful. You see, sinful anger, it's mean. It's hurtful. It's abusive. Sinful anger leads to rage. It leads to a loss of control. You see, godly anger is always a controlled anger. You never lose control when you have the right kind of anger. You see, sinful anger, it's selfish. It retaliates. It's self-serving. Sinful anger, it's resentful. It's undisciplined. It's vindictive. It seeks how to get even. It seeks how to be vengeful. It seeks how to retaliate. And I'm going to get even because you've done something to me. You see, anger becomes sin when it allows, uh, it's allowed to grow into resentment and angry outbursts. And all you can think about is how somebody done you wrong, what they said to you, what they did to you, and you begin to plot their downfall and how you're going to get even with them. That's when it becomes sin. 
And I tell you that anger becomes sinful when it stifles our worship, hinders our faithfulness to God, and fills us with bitterness. And I say to us this morning, that type of anger has no place in the life of a believer. We should never seek to retaliate or get even. We should never seek to be mean-spirited toward other people, no matter what they've said to us or done to us. Listen to what the Word of God says, Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Do you see there? It says don't take revenge. God says He'll repay. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, notice this, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. That goes against our nature, doesn't it? When somebody does evil to us, we want to do evil to them, but it says repay evil with blessing. How about what Jesus said? Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, 45. I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Why? So that you may be children of your Father in heaven. How many wants to be children of their Father in heaven? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends on rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Listen, it's not your place or my place to punish people. It's not your place or my place. It's not your job or my job to try to get even with people or retaliate uh, on them. We're to love them, we're to pray for them, we're to forgive them. We're to follow Jesus' example. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. We're to be like Jesus. They insulted him. He didn't retaliate. He suffered, and he made no threats. Again, that's not our nature. But we're to be like him. Amen? When we take vengeance, our anger becomes sinful. So anger can be good, but anger can be bad. It can turn sinful real quick. But let's look at a third thing this morning, and that's this. Anger has to be dealt with quickly. Anger must be dealt with quickly. Paul says, be angry and do not sin. And then he says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Now Paul isn't saying it's okay to be angry as long as you deal with it before the sun goes down. That's not what he's saying because that's how some people want to read the verse. Well, I can be angry as long as I deal with it before sunset. That's not what he's saying. He's saying you've got to deal with it quickly. He's saying don't allow your anger to simmer and stew. You've got to deal with your anger immediately. One commentator said this, the day of our anger should be the day we deal with it. Amen. You see, the quicker we deal with our anger, the better off you're going to be. Right? Uh, the, the, as Barney Five says, you've you got to dip it in the bud. And the better off, the, the, the quicker you can dip it in the bud, the better off you're going to be, the better your life's going to be. So how do we deal with anger? How, how do we control our anger so that it doesn't control us? Let me give you just seven things real quickly that, that can kind of help deal with your anger. Uh, 
You've got to determine if it's good anger or bad anger. You've got to know what kind of anger you're dealing with. You've got to know if it's good anger or bad anger. You've got, you got, you got, you got to know. Is this righteous indignation or is this sinful anger? You've got to know what you're dealing with. Secondly, you've got to be careful with all anger because all anger can move from righteous anger to unrighteous anger. You've got to analyze the anger and be careful with all of it. Because it can go from good to bad real quickly. You've got to be careful with all of it. Thirdly, you've got to confess your sinful anger to God. You've got to confess your sinful anger to God. 1 John 1, 9 tells us if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So confess your sinful anger to God. Those angry outbursts, those times you lose your temper, those times you lose control, you've got to confess that sinful anger to God. Number four, You've got to ask God for help. You have to ask God for help. Listen, God's the only one that can truly help us deal with our anger. The Holy Spirit on the inside of us is the only one that can help us tame our tongue and deal with these angry outbursts that we sometimes have to, to deal with. Number five, I believe it is. Practice forgiveness. You've got to practice forgiveness. Hear what I'm about to say. Forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. If you've been forgiven, you'll forgive others. I'll talk about that later here in Ephesians 4. We'll get to it in a couple weeks. That we're to forgive others just as we've been forgiven in Christ. And here's the thing, you forgive not because it feels right, but because it is right. Let me say that again. You forgive because it's the right thing to do, not because it feels right. You forgive because you've been commanded to forgive, not because you feel like forgiving. Right? Because it don't always feel good to forgive. Ask God for help. But you got to forgive. And you need to keep in mind that nothing anybody's done to you compares to what your sin's done to God. You see, that's why we forgive people. Here's something else to help you deal with anger. you got to choose to let go of what happened to you. You can't keep rehearsing the offense over and over in your mind. You've got to choose to let it go. You can't keep replaying what somebody said and what somebody did to you. Because if you don't let it go, you'll always stay mad. You'll always stay bitter. You'll always want to get even. Somebody once said this, that holding on to anger and bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Here's the final thing to deal with anger is you've got to take responsibility for your anger. You've got to take responsibility for your anger. You see, it's easy to blame others for our anger outbursts. It's easy to blame other people for us losing control and 
losing our temper, but you know, in reality, other people don't make you angry. You choose to get angry. You choose to lose your temper. Have you ever thought about that? You see, we want to point fingers and say, they said something, they did something, they made me angry. No, you you chose to get angry. You chose to blow your top and lose control. You see, see, some of you have been legitimately hurt. We've all been hurt. But we can choose to respond differently. Let me... See, we've got to ask ourselves, what kind of person do we want to be? Do I want to be one who quickly flies off the handle? Or do I want to be a person who listens, learns, and tries to practice kindness and gentleness? Well, you see, we've all heard that phrase, kill them with kindness. You know, that's usually the best way to respond. Kill your enemy with kindness. In fact, I believe it's even biblical. Proverbs 25, 21, 22, look at it. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Heal them with kindness. In fact, you can turn your enemy into your friend if you'll just respond the right way. Because here's the thing, what your enemy wants you to do, he wants you to get angry. But if you'll be kind, he don't really know what to do. This phrase, heat burning coals on his head, that doesn't mean you literally put coals on his head. But some commentators seem to think that when you're kind to your enemy, that what it's saying that you kind of melt his heart that by your kindness he sees the wrong he's done and your enemy becomes your friend we got to learn to get our anger under control which leads me to let me just go to number four Anger opens the door to the enemy. So be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And then he says, don't give the devil an opportunity. You see, anger opens the door to the enemy. How many would agree this morning that nothing good ever comes from anger? Nothing good ever comes from losing your temper and having a short fuse and having angry outbursts. Nothing good ever comes from anger. Paul is telling us that uncontrolled anger allows the enemy into our lives, that Satan gets the upper hand in our lives and we can't control our anger. You see, the devil will use anger to destroy families and relationships and even churches. And so we've got to learn to deal with our anger. You see, unresolved anger opens the, the door, our lives to the enemy to uh, attack us and attack others through us. And how many understand the devil don't need any help from us? We shouldn't make it things any easier for him. But yet so often because we can't control our temper and can't deal with our anger, we, we make so, things so much easier for him. 
You see, anger that's allowed to fester leads to resentment and even greater sin. Look at James chapter 1, verse 20. He tells us this, that man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. That when we're angry, it doesn't lead to the kind of life that God wants us to live. Anger leads you further and further into sin. Listen, I don't want your life or my life to be open to the door of the enemy. But if we're always angry, our lives stay open to him. As I said, he doesn't, he doesn't need our help. If you don't find a way to handle your anger, eventually it will handle you. Your anger will destroy you. It will destroy others around you. That's what the enemy wants. I ask us this morning, how many times have we let Satan in because we couldn't control our anger? How many times have we given Satan the advantage because we couldn't control our temper? How many times has Satan worked through us because you couldn't control your anger? Now listen, I'm not saying that as believers we can be possessed by the devil, but listen, Satan works through us when we get angry. When you snap at your family, who do you think is winning? When you blow up at your kids, your grandkids, who do you think's winning? Who do you think's in charge of that situation? It's certainly not God. When you blow up at your spouse, who do you think's in control of that situation? When you blow up at the cashier at the supermarket, who do you think's in control there? When we show out it. In public, because somebody says something, who do you think is in control there? You think God's being glorified there? Certainly not. And you snap at a co-worker. Who's being exalted? Think God's getting glory, huh? And just open it over the enemy. As I close this morning, I want to let me let me read James four seven. Then we'll close. James four seven says, Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We've got to deal with our anger and close the door on the enemy. How do you do it? You submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So in closing, I want to to read four verses of Scripture to you. Proverbs 14, 17 says, A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. Listen, anger will never result in a good decision. If you're a hot head, 
quick-tempered, you'll never think clearly. You'll never think straight. You'll never make a good decision if you're always angry. If you're always anger, angry, you, you'll always make foolish decisions. You'll be involved in foolish behavior. And let me say this, you'll say things that you can't take back. And you might ask forgiveness, and they may forgive you. But words is like toothpaste. Once it comes out the tube, it can't go back in the tube. And I've said some hurtful words, and you've said some hurtful words. And listen, they may say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But listen, words hurt. I've been hurt by them, you've been hurt by them, but the truth is we've hurt others by them. We've got to learn how to control our anger so we don't say something stupid and hurtful. Proverbs 15, 18, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Listen, anger never solves the problem. It only makes it worse. You see, anger escalates the situation rather than de-escalates the situation. You see, anger only adds fuel to the fire and creates greater tension. Listen, those of us that are married, we know what I'm talking about. One gets louder, and then guess what? i got to get louder than she does. Why? Because she got loud with me, now i got to get loud with her. And then guess what? She tries to raise the decibel sound a little bit louder. And i got to get a little bit louder. Why? And all of a sudden, all the gloves come off and we're ready to fight. It's World War III. That's what anger does. Married people say amen. Because you know it's true. That's what anger does. You got kids, you got grandkids, you know it's true too. They snap back at you with that little tone, all of a sudden your tone changes. Anger just puts fuel on the fire. All of a sudden things heat up in the kitchen. But you know what? If you'll stay calm, it won't get out of control. If one of you will stay calm, it won't get out of control. And they'll cool off. Isn't that what it says? The one who is patient calms a quarrel. Isn't that what it says? Proverbs 29, 22. An angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Woo! Quick-tempered people commit many sins. In other words, anger is going to lead you further and further into sin. It's going to lead you down a path of destruction. In other words, it's not bad enough that your anger has led you to sin. You're going to go into further further sin. It's going to lead you into resentment. It's going to lead you into bitterness. It's going to lead you into unforgiveness. It don't just stop with losing your temper. Can you see how this is important that we deal with it? Proverbs 16, 32. 
He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes it. The person who can master their temper is better than the strongest person who can't master himself or his passion. That's what he's trying to say there. That the person who can control their temper, control their anger, is better than the greatest warrior who can't master himself. God wants us to master our temper. He wants us to master our anger. And listen, we need His grace and we need the help of the Holy Spirit to do it. Because no man can tame the tongue, but I believe the Holy Ghost can help us tame the tongue. He can help us get this emotion under control. And listen, it's a powerful emotion and it will run wild if we don't learn how to control it. Again, we've got to be angry over the right things. We can't allow anger to lead us to sin. I ask you a very personal question this morning as we close. Are you angry with someone or a situation that has led to sin? If so, you need to confess it to God. And you've got to learn to release it today. Are you angry with someone or a situation that has led to resentment or bitterness, or unforgiveness? If so, you need to confess that to God. And you need to release it today. Because if not, it's going to eat away at you. And you're going to go further and further into it. Stand with me.